Let me tell you a bit of my story as a way to introduce my topic today, how to share your faith naturally in conversations. God became a reality to me in 1992. I met Jesus in April that year. I'm pretty thankful for that. I never knew life could be so rich, rewarding, meaningful and purposeful. To be honest, I never knew how wonderful God was. I thought that religious people were weird, strange, and that they'd lost the plot, basically. I went to church once or twice a year as a young person, but had no idea that God was in fact real, that he was knowable. No idea that this would be so wonderful. Being a Christian is not what I thought at all. The backstory to my faith is that in my early 20s, I was travelling overseas and I met someone who actually thought that God was real, thought that God spoke to him. It was very convincing and it got my attention. Jesus was not a swear word for this guy. Jesus was someone he knew. As I watched this guy's life, I wondered if God was real. And if he was, would he be pleased with my life? I reasoned in my mind that he probably wouldn't. And so I found myself in California in 1992 saying a prayer, something like this, God, I know my life has not been pleasing to you in many ways. Please forgive me. If you are real, I need you. Now, I know this is not everyone's story, but my life changed dramatically from then. Jesus became very real to me. I felt deeply that God had forgiven me of things that I always knew were wrong or that I regretted. In fact, so many things for the good happened that it's hard for me to explain. Let's just say that today, I'm convinced that God is knowable. In fact, I'm convinced that God's plan is that everyone would not just know about him, but they would know him. I've said all that to say that When I share my faith with others today, it's not an obligation for me or something I do out of duty to God. It flows from my heart. I don't feel obligated to God or feel like I have to share my faith to be a Christian. I don't feel that the Bible requires people to share their faith as part of the Christian duty. I'm surprised as I speak with people that many do actually feel obligated to share their faith. I love this quote from David Bosch. He says, the Great Commission has for many years been the major motivation for evangelism in many churches. Negatively, this commission has often been viewed as a command to the church. And subsequently, it has been taught that the church has an obligation to fulfil, a debt to owe. Viewed only this way, heartfelt deep, sustainable motivation has been lacking in many to reach out to others. Let me read that again. I love this so much. The Great Commission has for many years been the major motivation for evangelism in many church circles. Negatively, this commission has often been viewed as a command to the church and subsequently it has been taught that the church has an obligation to fulfil or a debt to owe. Viewed only this way, heartfelt, deep, sustainable motivation has been lacking in many to reach out to others. I've got to say, I agree with this. If I merely felt obligated 
or under orders to share my faith, I just wouldn't have the heartfelt passion or the motivation to keep reaching out to others. So what about this Great Commission as we know it? Having done some study on this, I don't actually see this as a commandment from a you-are-under-orders perspective. In Matthew 28, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary go to the tomb where Jesus is laid after his death. There's a violent earthquake and an angel appears telling them that Jesus is not there. They go into the tomb and they see for themselves. The angel tells them to tell the disciples and to go to Galilee where Jesus will appear to them. And as they leave the tomb, then Jesus himself appears and tells them the very same thing. So Jesus meets up with them and the disciples on a mountain in Galilee, exactly as he said. And it's here when he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's here after he has been raised from the dead for them to see that he says, Go into all the world and make disciples. Basically, He's saying after his resurrection, I am who I said I was. I am God. The empty tomb, my resurrection proves this. All authority has been given to me. The disciples listening that day would have been filled with joy and without doubt they now know the reality that this Jesus, who they walked and talked with, is God. When he said things like, I am the way, the truth and the life, this would now be exploding in their hearts. Could you imagine it? This wonderful Jesus is no longer in question on any level. He is indeed who he said, and he can bring hope and life to the world as he did to their lives. There is no doubt to them now that when Jesus spoke about abundant life, Life on this earth where people can experience peace with God, meaning, forgiveness and so much more, not to mention the promise of an afterlife with him, that this is all possible through Christ who is indeed God. So now when he comes to this statement, which correctly should read, so as you go, make disciples of all nations. He doesn't need to give them a direct aggressive command. He has given them the conclusive proof, appearing to them alive, of who he is. This, coupled with their experience that they have of his love, gives them now the complete confidence and the compulsion to tell others. I feel that way. I'm so overjoyed by who Jesus is, that he is God. I'm so overwhelmed by how good this life with him is, that I feel compelled to tell others. I'm not under orders. I don't actually feel obligated, not at all. I'm just going about life and as I go, I'm making disciples naturally. But I must admit, sometimes I have got it wrong in my approach. In the way that I've shared my faith in conversations and usually because I was overzealous. So here's a couple of thoughts that are now helping me share my faith naturally in conversations. Number one is having the right perspective. What do I mean by that? Perspective is a way of regarding something. It's a point of view. 
For example, there are different perspectives on how Daniel Andrews handled coronavirus in Melbourne. Now, I'm not here to comment on that or what I thought, but I'm here to highlight that people have different points of views on things. I have a particular view of mission, of evangelism, that helps me have conversations naturally with those around me. My perspective is that I'm not making it happen. (laughs) My view is that God is on mission and I'm simply joining in. The other point of view is to see mission and evangelism as something that you do, something you initiate, and God joins you. My perspective drives from a point of view that God is a missionary God, that his reason for sending Christ was to reconcile people to himself. He made the move first. He set the model in place, so to speak. And today he's still about that. And the church is something God has to fulfill his mission. My perspective is that I, the church, exist to join God, to help God on his mission to reconcile a world to himself. My perspective is the same as Christopher Wright, who says this, it's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Let me say that again. It's a bit of a tongue twister. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. God has a church for his mission in the world. So when it comes to me having conversations about my faith, I'm looking for where God is at work. I'm looking to jump in where he is already moving and to have a conversation there. I'm looking for opportunities for me, the church, to answer the call to partner with him who is already on mission. I find that those conversations flow easily and most of the time they're not awkward and they're not uncomfortable. I find that most of the time those opportunities come when I least expect. I guess that's because I'm not orchestrating them. It's God initiating things. Let me give you a little example. Not so long ago, well before COVID, I was sitting at home and I could hear someone yelling. It wasn't long before it dawned on me that this person was actually in our driveway. We've got a long driveway, so it took a bit for me to realise what was going on. Now, our home is not in the middle of a housing estate. We are like semi-rural, so I thought it was all a bit odd. Like, who would come down our driveway unless you were deliberately looking for our home? The yelling was really loud and the language was very colourful. A bit like my language before I met Jesus, I guess. I stepped out the front door and, to be honest, I was a bit worried because I was home alone and there was a stranger in the driveway. As I started to walk up the long driveway, I could see a lady sitting down in the gravel, yelling out with this colourful language, but also in pain and obviously distressed. It was at this point that it occurred to me again that God is on mission. He's trying to reach out to a broken humanity and I simply join him at work. I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm thankful that I had this mindset. I walked up yelling at her, are you okay? To which she said she wasn't. To cut a very long story short, She had been staying in a car with her boyfriend and she'd got in a fight with him on our road. 
She got out of the car and was stumbling along our street and came into our driveway. I think she walked down to get away from this boyfriend. He was there at the top of the driveway, but he left when I started calling out to the woman. I sat down with her on the driveway and started chatting to her. She told me she'd lost her mother about a year ago and she couldn't believe the state that she was now in. She told me that she had a terrible boyfriend and that she was also in physical pain. I offered to call an ambulance, to which she said yes. As we sat there, two women, side by side, I looked her in the eye and I spoke from my heart. You know, I go to church and I want to tell you that it's not hopeless. There is always hope. I'll do everything I can today to help you. She grabbed my arm and was so very thankful. I know she made the connection between my word church and God. Eventually the Ambos arrived, as did the police, and after some time they decided that the best option was to take her to a homeless shelter. I asked her if I could get her anything before she left. She asked me for a jumper. She was cold now because she'd found our water tap that's on the driveway as well and she'd got water all over herself. So I went inside to get a jumper, but it dawned on me that she had nothing but the clothes on her back. So I got inside and I started going through all my clothes in the bathroom cabinet to put together a bag of clothes, toiletries and everything else you need to feel human as a woman when you arrive at a homeless shelter with nothing. I remember going to put those clothes into a plastic bag when a thought came into my mind, what are you doing? Don't give her a plastic bag. Give her your very best. Oh, that shocked me. So I got a really beautiful overnight bag and I popped everything in there to give her. That's what I thought Jesus would do. As I joined him on his mission to reach out to her, that just seemed fitting There's so much more to the story and not enough time to tell you all of it today. I gave it to her and again I looked in her eyes and I told her I'd be praying and there is always hope. She was thankful and clearly moved. The policeman at my home said, boy, she's lucky she came down your driveway today. (laughs) It was natural and easy for me to look him in the eyes and say, well, I go to church, mate. And if the church can't show kindness and love, who can? He was completely stunned. You see, what happened here was that the conversations flowed. It wasn't pushed. It wasn't weird for me to say something. What I said fit naturally into the conversation. I didn't initiate this. God is on mission and I simply join in. Having the right perspective about sharing my faith is vital. Having the perspective from the beginning that I join God on his mission makes all the difference for me these days. It's so much easier for me to realise that I'm here simply partnering with what God is already doing. It's helpful for me to understand each day that I'm not making it happen. God is on mission and I'm looking for those moments to simply join in with him. Now, some people may think today that I should have said more. I should have pushed things along further. Well, these days, I've got to tell you, I'm comfortable in my understanding that conversion is a journey. It's a process. And that the day that I reached out to her, I was an important part of the process that God was working in her life. And the good news, 
that day was the comfort, my reassurance, the provision of clothes and toiletries that came in the name of Jesus to her. The other thing that helps me to have conversations naturally is something I should have known from the word go, but for some reason it didn't compute. It's the concept of body language. The Bible encourages people to speak with gentleness, to show respect to others and to be a good listener. More about that soon. I can remember going years ago to a dinner party when I was a new Christian. The topic of hell was raised from all my non-Christian friends at the dinner table that night and my husband and I were the only Christians there. People were arguing about the existence of heaven and hell and I can remember to this day getting super fired up and coming out of my seat. I leant across the table pointing my finger and correctly told those people that hell did exist and what type of people go there. Yep, it wasn't really great. (laughs) The rest of the night did not go well and I'm sure that none of those people are following Jesus today. As I look back on this, I just don't understand why I behaved like this. I should have known better because one thing I really struggle with is when religious people knock on my front door and want to push their religion on me. It it just gets my back up. It's their body language, I guess. They are coming at me. Well, that's how it feels. Now, just going back to what the Bible says, these passages have helped me, helped shape my conversations. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. Proverbs 18.13 says, To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. You know, how we say things, the tone of our voice and our body language are crucial in conversations. Our body language can help a conversation come across gentle and with respect or, to be honest, the complete opposite. Now, I understand that we often lean in to show we are listening and that's fine, but when I go to talk... I lean back. It makes all the difference. Years ago, I coined this phrase on the back foot. It's all about having conversations, standing or sitting, but physically leaning backwards. So you are not threatening people with your body language, so people don't feel you're attacking them. As an example, at a coffee shop, I'll fold my hands together and I'll sit back in my seat rather than leaning over the table and getting in people's faces when I'm passionate about something. The opposite to being on the back foot is being on the front foot, leaning in at people when you're talking to them, becoming really intense, being in people's personal space and so on. It's not great. Let me give you an example of how being on the back foot has helped me recently. I was having a conversation with someone in my kitchen earlier this year. We were sitting at the breakfast bar. Now, we've been friends for a while The friendship has moved from my friend being hostile about Christianity to now being quite open. He was saying that someone was very sick in the family and really needed help from someone up there. (laughs) He went on to say something about the many religions in the world and that the family member did have a belief in something. 
I was amazed, to be honest, that this conversation came up. But as I said, we've been friends for some time and a lot of conversations have been had. So at this point, I was feeling super excited on the inside. (laughs) I could see that God was at work here. And I thought to myself, do not do what you did years ago at the dinner table. (laughs) So I picked up my coffee and physically leant back in my seat. I changed my body language and then I casually said this. It is amazing how many religions there are in the world today. When I was growing up, I only heard about Jesus, but I didn't really know what set Jesus apart. I never realised that Jesus claimed to be God and that he said that he was the only way to the Father. That's changed everything for me. What's your take on Jesus? Well, this led to a wonderful and natural conversation. And that friend today is often talking to me about God and wanting to know more. My body language in this conversation made all the difference. This is what I've learnt. Being gentle and showing respect to others in conversations is the better approach. Listening to others before I fire off an answer is the better way to go. Listening to others to try and understand where they're at is a better way to go. The whole scenario one at the dinner table could have been better. I could have been gentle. I could have shown respect and I could have listened more. I could have changed my body language that night. Imagine if at the dinner table I sat calmly and I said something like, this topic of heaven and hell is so interesting. If both of these places did exist, where did the idea even come from? Any thoughts on that? Or this is a great topic. If there was a hell, what type of people would end up there? What does everyone think? At least this would have kept the conversation going. And I could have listened to the responses to try and understand people more, to understand where they were coming from. As a side note, I love Alpha and that's the type of questions you're encouraged to ask. Imagine if the door knockers arrived and stood way back from the front door at my house. Imagine if they said, hi, yep, I know you probably dislike strangers appearing at your door. Yes, we are religious, but we don't want to say anything. We just like to give you a pamphlet to look at in your own time. Now, I'd be more open to take the pamphlet, I've got to say. All other times, as they stand up close and personal with me, my mind is saying only two things. I don't think so. Goodbye go away. Or if I'm feeling particularly friendly and not pushed for time that day, I'll say, thanks a lot. I'm a Christian. What's your take on Jesus? Now you may be thinking, surely Tina does that all the time, says something about Jesus. Well, no, some days I'm a little rattled and just not up for the front door conversation. My point is our body language can make or break the conversations that we have. My thoughts today are that the church is not under orders to share their faith. It's not meant to be a duty or an obligation. And there are ways to have conversations naturally without them being forced or awkward. I started off saying today that this Christian life is not what I expected. I never knew how wonderful God really was. He's a knowable God. Today, I believe that God wants to be real to you also. Not just a concept, but someone you can know well. 
The Father in heaven today is saying, come, come to him. Come today and say like I did, God, I know my life has not always been pleasing to you. Today I recognize those things and ask for your forgiveness. Today, in Jesus' name, come. God is not holding your stuff that you've done wrong against you. Today, God has his arms open and is ready to embrace you. He wants you to know him. Would you pray with me today? Father in heaven, today I come to you. I'd love to know you today. Thank you for your forgiveness and love through Christ. Amen. Now, if you prayed this prayer today, call the Light Care Line on 95832273. That's 95832273. We'd love to pray with you and answer any of your questions.